Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I'm right here, folks, man. I got this, yeah. Welcome back, ankle pickers. We are here after the UFC pay-per-view event. Crazy one. I know you all watched. We got the usual suspects, as always. Kobe in the upper left. DK MMA Longhorn Capper underscore 26 down in the bottom of my screen. Gentlemen, crazy card last week. Initial preliminary thoughts before we dive into business. A lot of action. Feeling good. Yeah, well, I didn't ask you how you felt. I was more about the card, but I'm glad that you're feeling great, Dan. I'm glad you're feeling great. A lot of action. So I'm I'm going off the, the written path here. As well. What? I'm going rogue off the path here. So what we're going to do is I'm going to pose a question to the panel here, and we're just going to shoot the shit around with the boys for a little bit, muck it around. And I got a time limit. So the first thing I want to ask, and I should have prepped you guys beforehand, but for all those listeners, this is 100% live. They have no idea what I'm about to ask them, but it pertains to last week's card. So first and foremost, the question that's pressing everybody, directed directly at Danny. Danny, women's MMA, you swore off it. You hopped back on it in the curtain jerker. You lost. <laughs> Talk to us about it because I need – to understand, because I thought you were right on the money in the first round. I actually scored it. Right, exactly. It wasn't a bad pick. It wasn't a bad pick. Like, right away, Carnalosi rushed her. She got dropped with the right hand. The crowd went nuts. Oh, my gosh, when the crowd went nuts, oh I had, like, gosh. shivers down my, like, arm. We're back. Oh, my gosh. But whatever. It looked good until it didn't. Uh, that's all I got to say. Women's oh, MMA, it's a fickle bitch. It, it did. I was laughing. For those who follow the Twitter account, I, I was the one responsible for the tweets last week. And I tagged Danny in one before the fight started. And once it started getting traction on Twitter, Dan, Danny already lost. So good stuff there. Can we, uh, loop, can we loop the uh, Whaley Zhang fight into the swearing off women's MMA for both of you? Yeah. Yeah. So that's the other thing. This week, we were taking a reprieve from the ankle lock. After Whaley Zhang let us down, I lost four units. Dan lost four units. Rose, though, question mark kick to the dome. And that's what got that. For those wondering, everyone, I heard people thinking that the Chris Weidman leg crack is what got that Joe Rogan meme going. It was the Whaley Zhang head kick that got that meme going of Joe's reaction. So I guess we can stem off there. Chris Weidman, Danny. Keep yourself – get Kobe, get yourself on the trigger for the quick mute because I don't trust this kid. But, Dan, Chris Weidman, you, you lost, I think, points in the MCC there because you're never picking for him. I don't know if you ended up betting it too. Or you won, I meant. You won points. Did you bet that fight live? Uh, did you take Uriah? I had Uriah, the free plus 130 without throwing a strike. Um, Crazy. And it was brutal. I'll never, I'll never sit here – smugly and talk about his injury that's gruesome he's got a long road rehab ahead of him um it, it was it was weirdly it was weirdly circular it, it had an element of karma in it being where Weidman won his belt on the Anderson Silva injury that was almost identical and Uriah Hall when he was coming up 
was really closely compared to Anderson Silva, a guy who he just beaten actually his last fight in, I mean, Anderson Silva's last ever fight, but the yeah. last, the last fight that Uriah all had, it was just a weird circular. So coming, so coming off that it was a weird circle of life. It was eight years almost to the day where it happened to Anderson Silva and Weidman. But a question I wanted to bring to you guys is, do we ever see Chris Weidman again? 35, 36 years old. He's already become champion. This puts a huge halt into his game plan. Do we see Chris Weidman again? Never in the UFC. Uh, I, I think we see him in Bellator. Really I think two, three years down the road, we're going to see a Chris Weidman. How you're going to see Bellator. a 40-year-old Chris Weidman taking pennies at, for Bellator? I, I do. Kobe, where the you're man is the there. man is a heart that won't give up. That's the one heart you. When, when you're rehabbing, when you're rehabbing something like that, it helps to have like a such a like a strict motivating goal of you know I want to be back in the octagon at some point. What no matter what octagon it is, I wouldn't be shocked to see him back in the octagon. Now, if you're asking me if I think that we're going to see an effective Chris Weidman ever again, I wasn't even sure we were going to ever see a Chris uh, effective Chris Weidman again before the injury. So I was about to say, Danny would have Danny saying effective Chris Weidman. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, I, I think if that fight goes on to to happen to be a fight i think that uriah pieces him up and we're sitting here talking chris weidman pink slip chris weidman's last right. fight in the ufc right. was last saturday chris weidman hang him up and that's why that's what makes me want to ask is because i don't know if he was on his way out before but i just i don't know if dana would even really entertain that maybe maybe like a a shogun hua type fight where it's like oh you're 40 let's give him a fight and kind of just call it give him another 40 year old yeah i like that a um, couple other things from this last week's card that was pretty nice. So, Dana Bajero, 52nd first round KO against Kevin Natividad. I ended up playing that for just a unit. I don't know if you guys – I it was more – I know Natividad, we've talked about a couple times in this show, classified him as a COVID fighter, probably going to get the pink slip. Um, but that fight was crazy. That was a really quick knockout. And the fans – I would be remiss if we didn't talk about the fan experience. I know both of you guys are going to UFC 262 in Houston, correct? Yeah. Yes, sir. And you have your invite still on the table. I, I have, Is I this your my, way of telling us you're not coming? No, I, I have my invite. I, I want to go. They book seats without me. Um, and I don't want to stand by myself. So you got a slow trigger. It's going to be interesting, though, for the for the like, are they just doing pay-per-views with fans for right now? For now. Yeah, they sold out. I I was listening to Dana talk. They sold out Jacksonville for 261, Houston 262, and Vegas for 263 in a combined under five minutes. Yeah, I'm not surprised. And and if we thought the judging last week was questionable, just wait till we get to Texas. Oh my gosh. Well, where do we see questionable ones? I think the one that really got me was. he was on the undercard. Right off the bat, you sent that Stephen, screenshot. Stephen was a, a judge gave a 10-8 round for Carnalosi in round one versus in yeah, the in the 10-9 from the other side. I don't that know how dropped. she felt. It's, it makes no sense to get a 10-8 there. And then also the other one that I don't – the Dave, the Dwight Grant against Steve yeah, Sikolic. Yeah, I thought Sikolic won that, that fight. I, I scored it almost 30-27. Yeah, I did 29-28 Sikolic, but to see a 30-27 Dwight Grant, 29, 28 Sokolik, and then for it to go Grant's way. Even Grant, I kind of think, was like, what the fuck? Um, oh, Dan, 
I, our Brazilian jiu-jitsu expert, Brazilian jiu-jitsu expert here. Randy Brown pulled off a one-arm rear naked choke against the Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt and Alex Oliveira. From a jiu-jitsu standpoint, have you in all those uh, submission undergrounds, have you ever seen a one-armed rear naked choke before? I've never I've not. It's I, I mean, guys at the that. highest level know just pull the wrist down. I mean, it sounds so simple, but clearly the, the squeeze was just something else. It, it was a squeeze. That's my only explanation. At least. So with those two things being said, I, I want to, to get to one more quick thing. Um, so, well, Brendan Allen came through with us. That's something that needs to be said. We all, we, Brendan Allen screwed us before, but he looked great against Carl Roberson here. And it really didn't last too long. The thing that I wanted to mention, Dan, last time we got screwed on the feet against Sean Strickland, Brendan Allen really seemed to clean that up like a lot. Like I'm not yeah. talking like he barely cleaned it up. I mean, he looked very crisp on the feet. Do you know, uh, country club, you might need to look this up. Dan, do you know what camp Brendan Allen fights for? Uh, Brandon Allen is a Rufus sport fighter. Rufus sport. So Duke okay. Rufus, yeah, Paul I've got to say that. Anthony Pettis. He's got an, a good, good amount of training partners over there. Well, I was about to say Duke Rufus is one of the best there is. So that it, it makes a lot of sense to you tighten it up. Last thing we talked about the Weidman leg injury, Anthony Smith, Jimmy crew. I want to, I want to hear your guys. What happened there? Because I think it was similar to what happened to sugar O'Malley against Marlon Vera like the sciatic nerve, but I've never seen someone's leg act like that ever. And yeah. in my entire history of watching the sport, I've never seen that. That back-to-back with the Wyman, it was two crazy right. leg injuries right off the bat. Compliments to your tweet. Yes. Uh, for those, for those who didn't see the one tweet that we had that kind of blew up was the most questionable tweet I've ever sent. Uh, but it was, I, I hope we got a good ch- chuckle. It was in bad taste, but it had to be sent. Where do they go find that tweet? If they want to go check it out. Um, you would have to go to at ankle pick pod on Twitter. The only place to get that savage tweet, or you can follow any of us individually because to bump our numbers, we almost certainly liked and or retweeted it. So always doing us a service by just dropping a little heart. There doesn't do anything against you. And people might think you're funny. They'll be like, Oh, that was a funny tweet. This guy liked it. He's also funny. And so that's always a good win as well. So that was, but, but so but yeah, yeah. Lionheart said in his post-fight interview that, he said that the kick was just so perfectly timed and it landed so flush that even before any of it happened, he knew like, oh, Jimmy's going to feel this. Jimmy's about to be a little hurt. And he did, He said he couldn't imagine that he was going to feel it like this. But Anthony Smith knew right away like, oh, this is one of the best kicks I've ever thrown. <laughs> it was a perfect kick. And Jimmy Crute's a guy that like this was his top talent. I really wanted him to earn those rounds. I mean, he was getting pieced on that jab. Oh my God. Right. His face looked like mashed meat. I mean, I think he was, he made look- Anthony look real like, good. Right. He's got a lot of work there. One thing I will never take away from Jimmy Crute though. I don't know if you listened to his post-fight interview. He said he was pissed. He punched the fence. He was pissed when they called it, even though he couldn't step. His plan was to literally insta pull guard. He literally was just going to go. To Dude, he's tough as nails, tough as nails to pull guard to Anthony Smith. And accept ground and pound just to stay in a fight when your whole leg isn't working. Oh my God. That's a different breed. And and you can say a lot of things about a lot of people, but Jimmy Crute is as tough as they come for sure. Uh, and then Shevchenko, obvious Dominic KOTKO. It was interesting to see her wrestle with Andrage. Yeah. But, 
I thought it was crazy. And draw said, I wasn't expecting her to be so good at, at wrestling. I mean, we, how, how are people still underestimating her wrestling? Like how many times have we been through? I this? think it was the, I think it was the Jennifer Maya fight. That's what did me in. The but even in that, fight, she got taken down like one time, and then I think she might have landed two or three that, of her own. It was less about that and more that at one point in that fight, Shevchenko was the live dog. I think it was after the third round. Is there anything round. left for her besides no. a trilogy with Nunes? Especially because the judges intervened with both of them. I think that it's almost certainly the only move here for her. Just sucks because she gives up so much size. She's yeah. so talented, but she gives up so much size. And then the last question for me, and then we can continue to move on this journey. Kamaru Usman, okay? A guy that gets called boring. A guy that gets called a wrestler that lays on the ground. A guy who, coming up through the ranks, a lot of unanimous decisions. Knocks out Gilbert Burns after piecing the jab, one of the best jabs in the sport. And then comes in here and shuts up Mazadal by giving him his first knockout ever. First time Jorge Mazadal has ever been knocked out in his 50-fight career, whatever it is. Hands of Kamaru Usman. So I have two questions. One, is Kamaru Usman the most dominant champ the UFC has right now? Now that Khabib's gone. Second question, who's next? And, 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 and those, there's no more to go deeper than who's next, because I'm not going to have you guess the line. Cause it's going to be minus 300 and no matter who it is, 350. But I, I think for me, and I look at the championships list, I'm sorry. I know I didn't give you guys time to repair. I, I think that now that Habib's gone and, and John Jones has showed where, I mean, I would be hard-pressed to say anyone would be harder to beat right now than Kamara. I might have said Piotr Jan, but we're talking champions, so. Right? I mean, we know Deverson wavered against Moreno. And, and, we're t- and for those listeners who are screaming into their mics right now saying Amanda Nunes and Shevchenko, we're talking men's UFC here, just, or men's MMA, just because I like to keep those two sports separate. I, I, no one can touch either of those girls. Uh, they're just too dominant. Nunez and Shevchenko, but for men's champions, I mean, in Ganu, but I think that he's beatable. I think John Jones could do it. You know what I mean? I wouldn't be shocked if John Jones did it. Blahovich, we know is, is, is beatable. Is he at middleweight? Just got beat. But, it, but he moved up though. There's a path though. There is a path. There There's is a no path. path to beat Kamaru. That's what I'm thinking, dude. That's so what I guess I'm I'll, thinking, I'll answer your questions. I won. Yes, think he's the most dominant champion right now. I think he deserves to be pound for pound number one. John Jones hasn't fought in what, like two years now. It's been uh, a long time. And and back to back, sus decisions. I know a lot of people complain back to back against Santos and Reyes, and we and we've talked about how sloppy Reyes looked against Blahovich. Um, so next it, for it, next for Kamaru, I think it's got to be either Colby or Leon. Uh, I think only Colby. I think Kamaru said in the lead up to this Jorge fight, he's lapping people on the track and you just happen to be in last place. He, he, he's more than happy to just run through this division. That no, he's he'll fight through. anybody. He'll fight any. That's why I love Kamaru. He he's, 
he literally just loves the sport and he wants to crush everybody and everybody. He'll take any fight, any day, any time, who it is, don't care, give it to him. He's going to beat him every time. That's his mindset. Here's my question for you. Uh, Is there anyone right now who's even a contender for coach of the year with Trevor Whitman? After the performance no. that he just put no. on with Rose and yeah, with Kamaru no, 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 and no. what he's done to Kamaru's striking, as you said, a guy who was a decision kid yeah. for I'll, years and years, you go to yeah. Trevor Whitman for like, right. what, a year and a half, right. and he's, a year and, and, and a half, jab, and you're one of the best strikers in the world. If you world. look at the evolution of Kamaru's jab, and, and it goes to Kamaru being a hard worker too, but no, Trevor Whitman, I was going to say the second you said coach of the year, and I, I think... Honestly, he was the front runner before this card last week. Now it's like everyone else is in his dust. Really, the only guy that could contend is maybe Habib, but that's like name value, and he needs yeah, to right, put on a nice right. like. You couldn't help Holland either, Kobe. You were going to jump in on I think on the prior question. Can I give you guys a little tickler? I'd love a tickler. Of course. Dan has always talked about going to Africa with a fight for a live event. We've yep. got three African champs right now, and Kamaru Izzy and Ngannou. I don't know how quick we can expedite this, but particularly the Kamaru question, how fun would Colby versus Kamaru be in Africa? It would be oh, crazy. Colby being like, you know, Hardo United crazy. States, bring the rain. It would be crazy. But after Colby watching how he handled Brazil, I don't want to see that guy in Africa with his loud mouth trying to punk Kamaru and get ratings I, I don't want to see that oh my but, gosh is that a terrible I love that idea I love that idea picture a card you got Izzy V honestly even do Whitaker I mean because Whitaker Whitaker takes care of like the Australia region right go go heavyweight wise go you do John Jones oh my god what a card he would never do that. It's just too much. But, like, you burn too many champions in one swallow swoop. But crazy. It's a crazy thought. We're going to get thought. a card in Africa here pretty soon. It might not be 2021. It's probably going to be 2022. Just, you know, at a certain point, we got to start to. You know what else I'm waiting for? UFC Hawaii. Shocked. Shocked. I, I, it's been on the burner for, like, the last three or four years. And now that BJ Penn is obviously off the wagon, you know, and out of the UFC, like that's a drawback. But like, this is a and Max is no longer a champ. All that head of steam was with BJ Penn, that was sane and a champion Holloway. But I think that if you booked it, and you booked Ige Holloway, um, there's a lot. Brad Tavares could even be like the undercard. There's a lot of Hawaiians. There's a lot of Hawaiians. It's just like the Hawaiians love the fight, you know? Um, but it's more just like for last about the high card, more just, uh, yeah, losing BJ's tough, but it, it'd be interesting to see. I, I, they, I know they've talked about it a while. So with that being said, I think we touched on pretty much everything, all the headlines from last week for those. I mean, I'm sure you all listen, but Kamaru, uh, and Rose got KOTKOs and same with Shevchenko. So the three title bouts, only one flipped hands. But the whole main card uh, ended up being KOTKOs. Some tragic, some questionable with, you know, the Jimmy Crude stop. It's not questionable, but so, but. How much credit do you want to give to those fans for these finishes? 
There's got to be some motivating factor. Yeah, I want to give it all to them. They came out hot, and I almost cried, literally, when the first fight, the women's fight, not only that we lost money because I tailed you, but because the the crowd was just long overdue. It it shows that the fight against the pandemic is almost over. Oh, by the way, wrong zoo. It's not – it's it's wrong who. I think the Z was not – because they are pronouncing it, and I was like, wait, that's not wrong, Zoo. <laughs> it's a tough night for Ch- the Chinese Youngest, fighter overall. It was a tough night for the Chinese fighter. Uh, wrong Zoo, by the way, youngest UFC fighter on the on the roster, 20 years old. Who's in the blue hard. corner? What? Who's in the blue corner? Rodrigo exactly. Vargas. Rodrigo. What? No, who's in the right corner? The wrong Zoo. What are you guys asking me right now? No, that's wrong. Who was in the red corner? Cut this. Cut this. I'm done. I'm not playing this. I'm not playing wrong? this. Wrong? I'm not playing this. I'm not playing this. Moving on. Moving along, folks. Moving along. Sorry for getting bogged down by Donovich. But anyways, young little tidbit there. Wrong zoo, our homie. Uh, born, first fighter born in the year 2000 and only fighter born in the year 2000 on the UFC roster, so. For whatever that's worth. All right, moving along. News and notes. We got a lot. Danny, I'm going to go to you for the Dillashaw news. Go ahead. Yeah, so the biggest news, I think, is the fight that was supposed to happen, I think, in two weeks from now. Um, but I know it was upcoming. May 8th. May 8th. TJ Dillashaw's long-awaited return versus Corey Sandhagen, a bantamweight fight that I was really looking forward to, uh, is off. Uh, TJ Dillashaw just had an injury in a sparring a sparring incident where he got headbutted and a big cut open above his eyebrow. Um, something that you definitely don't want to enter a fight with. And just really tough to see because I think that the new headline is an absolute joke of a fight. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Same card, May 8th. We also just lost. This is a live breaking news and notes. Uh, Diego Sanchez out of his fight against Cerrone, and they're looking for a new opponent there. That was a crazy line, right? New opponent for Cerrone? Yeah, to fight Cerrone. Yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, I have two big news. Uh, one, within the sport itself, for those who watch other promotions, Cage Warriors, I believe, Patty Pimlet. Pimlet, have you guys seen him at pa- Patty? He got signed. I watched him. He was the belt. I watched him retain his belt the gold times. He got signed to the UFC, which is a very – I was shocked he wasn't signed beforehand. But I guess uh, Dana decided to, to extend the arm, so we'll see what's going on. One more is a little more pop culture, not pop culture, but a little more in the news. Uh, UFC dropped their first trading cards ever, UFC Prism. Phenomenal set. First time with Panini. So good stuff there. And some nice rookies. Some Hazma Chamayev. A little Dan 50K gay. So for if you got a gem of a card, tweet it at us. Yeah. Let's celebrate Here's with it. you. You'll watch me geek it. So UFC cards out now. Buy them. Good stuff there. It's a blast. News. Anything else, boys? I think we had. Uh... We buried the lead. Oh, we go got, for uh, Izzy and Marvin Vittori matched up for UFC 263. Mm, I thought we talked about that. about that. Nope. There you go. That is the lead. Beyond the lead. That'll uh, be sweet. Oh, the other one that's. Did we talk about Nick Diaz yet? We've not. Okay, Danny, take it. Nick Diaz, who was uh, shown briefly in the crowd of this uh, past weekend's UFC 261 event, is looking for a fight in 
it, it has been known or it has been the public has been let known that the fight on the table for him, the contract that's out is him versus Hamzat Chimaev. And so that's a 38-year-old, what, 39-year-old Nick Diaz off of a couple triathlons versus Hamzat off of a couple COVID battles. I don't know why Nick would take that. He's a gamer, but, like, it's not even that Hamzat's like, it's more just like this isn't the Nick Diaz we know. And and you I don't want him to get smashed. <laughs> but it is what it is. Uh, last thing, unless you guys have others, but Bare Knuckle FC officially has the hottest women's roster with Paige Van Zandt headlining, and they just picked up Rachel Ostevich. So whoever's managing over there, pulling some strings, getting some names, and a lot of, shockingly, a lot of ex-UFC fighters end up Rachel going Ostevich, that. a woman with zero boxing experience or boxing right. credentials within the UFC joining uh, a boxing yeah. promotion. With, Good with, that, luck. with that being said too, I mean, no glove. She's going to get cut up. I don't know what she's doing, but good luck. Good luck is right. So that's it for news and notes. I, I, I think I'm satisfied there. Boys, any last second, like breaking news or stories? Nope. Nods all around. Okay. Moving along. Let's get to this week's card. A very exciting one for being just a regular fight night. We were talking about this last week, how shocked we were, how good this card is. Uh, the main event, Dominic Reyes versus Yuri Prohaska. Got it. Yuri Prohaska. And co-main, you know, you got Giga Chikazi, Cub Swanson. I know Dan's excited for that. And a couple other very familiar names, Marab, Cody Stamen. So I'm excited to break this card down with y'all. Starting off on the prelim card, featherweight bout, Luke Sanders versus Danny's guy, Felipe Calaris. Dan. Yeah, so Luke Sanders, not to look past any of his skills. I think he's very skilled. But he does come out in the first couple of minutes in the first round. He comes out super strong, super fast, and empties his gas tank. And Claris, who is taking this fight on a semi-short notice, that being said, I, I'm not really worried for him. He, he has great jujitsu. He has a good chin. He's a black belt in judo along with a two-inch reach advantage to set all that up. So clearly he's got a, a, a huge grappling advantage. And then you look at Sanders' record, and he's tapped out in three of his last four losses. I really think that Calares is going to use his reach here. He's going to drop Luke Sanders. We're going to have a club and sub on our hands. Hit the club and sub horn. So, for me, the one takeaway I really have on this more than anything else is I'll, I like Danny's pick. I think this is a dogger pass. I'll never bet Luke Sanders again. I never will because I took him against uh, Ariel Contra in his second UFC appearance. Literally destroys him for a round. I mean, we're talking like 10-8, 100 strikes to 5, what felt like. Comes out in the second round, destroys him again, gets knee barred. Okay? Dumb. Lost. Whatever. I'm like, okay, whatever. Okay, Andre Sukumtot. Oh, it's Andre Sukumtot. No big deal. Road Luke Sanders. Pieces him up again for an entire round. Blows his wad. Gets KO'd in one punch in the second round after piecing him up. So I'm like, oh, my God, I'm never going to bet this guy again. Right? He beats Patrick Williams. Uh, loses to Honiaya in a minute. A heel hook. So submissions. Danny's right on. But most recently, that Nate Manass fight. I mean, 
you got to think he's fighting for his his you got to think he's fighting for his 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 UFC stay. You really got to think that. Gets tapped out in the second round. So uh, he's so talented, but he's just so prone to being finished. He just he doesn't it, it almost feels like it's a lack of 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 fight IQ because he puts himself in these compromising positions when he doesn't need to. And he clearly doesn't know how to defend the submission. So Danny, I, I think that if your your boy can get it to the mat, I think you're going to have an easy cash. It's just there's also that risk that Luke Sanders KOs him in the first round. I mean, listeners, you'll see it on my card coming out. Uh, you can follow me at Longhorn MMA. It'll be there on Saturday morning or Friday night. But I think I'm going to bet Claris is the dog. I'm going to sprinkle by sub, and I'm going to play under two and a half at plus money. Wow. Okay. I like the under two and a half at plus money. For especially for a bandweight bout, but especially because Luke Sanders always gets finished. I like those. Stay tuned. You heard Danny on Twitter. Follow that at handle to get some winners. Next fight on the card. Oh, by the way, for the uh, Luke Sanders minus one forty, Felipe Claire's plus one twenty. So it's a dog. Um, KB Blar versus Andreas Mikolaidis. Mikolaidis minus two forty. KB Blar plus two hundred. Yeah. The way I uh, tape this, both these guys start fast and die out a little bit. KB is a – he has more, more of a Muay Thai approach. He's a longer, rangy fighter. Uh, he doesn't have the best strength of schedule, though. I feel like his um, – Well, his, they're both his, 0-1 in the UFC. Right, but his, KB, KB's fights um, on the smaller promotions in Canada – don't impress me oh, nearly as much as yeah. Mikolaitis. Um, I agree. On top of that, Mikolaitis recently moved from his uh, local gym in Greece to MMA Masters with Colby Covington, Ilya Tapuria, I mean, among a bunch of other guys. He's naturally a good striker. He's got good leg kicks. He's got exciting spinning attacks. Um, he's also moving down in weight class to a weight that I think is his more appropriate weight. And so I think that the, I think that the number is pretty justified here. I, I, I lean Michaelitis pretty heavily, but I don't, I, I don't think this will see my card. Line's a little bit steep for me. I also lean Michaelitis quite heavily. KB Bilar, I remember being kind of excited for as a prospect. And his last performance against Tom Breeze, and it's not that one performance hangs you up, but he lost very quickly off a jab. Yeah, class outclassed it, and it's hard to ride a guy after a performance like that and having like you said a weaker resume behind it it's like what do we really know about kb below you know so we'll see sorry for that one women's straw weight this would be my ankle lock if it wasn't a ginormous line i you honestly will find me on it but it's a women's straw weight bout it's luma danny's girl versus sam hughes uh danny i'll let you kick it off because you're very familiar yeah, it's my girl Loma. She's a favorite for first time in her career. Uh, I've talked about her a bunch. She's got great Muay Thai background. She's out of Tiger Muay Thai, who I think is probably the best striking gym uh, top to bottom in the world. Obviously, not everyone gets to work with Trevor Whitman, but Tiger Muay Thai, I think, produces just as many killers as Trevor does. Um, the The one thing, the one apprehension I have in this fight is she is still a natural atom weight. 
UFC doesn't have an Adam Wade division. There's not going to be a fight that she gets in in the UFC where she's not the smaller girl. And this heavy favorite line scares me almost to the point of it scares me. I don't think it's going to see any of my parlays. Mm. And, and listeners know how I feel about women's MMA. It's, it's probably a dog or pass for me. You'll just never see me betting against Loma. I'm a big Luke Boonmi fan. <laughs> yeah. I, and for me, I am going to probably bet it. I just see a massive class disparity here. I, I, I agree with you. I'm a guy who banks on experience and size. I just think from from what I've seen tape-wise, and I know the Tisha Torres fight got cut close for Sam. They're different. They're different talents altogether. I mean, it's it's hard to even compare the two. And so I, I was looking for a line. Obviously, I was thinking it was going to be closer to the 250-300 range like with the two in front of it. So seeing it steam all the way up to the 250s, 280s, where it's where it's been, it's definitely a bummer because it did open at 280 and I missed it. I'm looking at all the way at 380. Yeah, Loma minus 380. And and there by the time it's all said and done, there probably will be a four in front of that fuck. I won't lie. Uh, so we'll see. My card also will be posted on Twitter. I'll probably do it on the Ankle Pick main account, but. Yeah, I, we'll see if it ends up hitting the card. I, I've been pretty profitable recently, but it's hard to be profitable totally because if you lose that that fight, you're you're kind of done for the night. But she's just so much more talented. I know you see it too, Dan. That's smart oh, for sure. You too. She's so for much sure. more talented. The size is something to worry about, though. Okay, Kai Kamaka, terrible outing last time. Is a big favorite. He dropped that one. I I think I think we had him in a parlay, or one of us was riding him, and he's fighting T.J. Brown. And the line on this one, because I haven't been doing lines because I'm a fool, Kai Kamaka minus 155, TJ Brown plus 135. And, and something to note, too, Kai Kamaka coming out in his last fight was a minus 200 favorite, got all the way up to 380 at one point against Jonathan Pierce, which ended up dropping that fight. Yeah, I think that one was a tough for me. It was probably a parlay piece. I think we both had it in a parlay piece. So I remember cussing out Kai Kamaka. I see this one as a classic striker versus grappler oh, matchup. Oh, and a tieback. Sorry, Dan. Kai Kamaka, that Hawaiian card. Ooh, definitely. Another fighter. Sorry. I see this as a classic striker grappler matchup. Um, and it's back in the small apex cage, which probably favors the grappler a little bit. Kai mm. Kamaka is wildly fast. He's going to try and keep this fight on the feet and knock TJ out. Um, I, I, I see Brown having the grappling advantage. He's a glory MMA guy. He trained with James Krause. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah. Um, and he kind of needs to slow this fight down. He needs to wrestle often, grind out Kai on the mat. But I kind of think as long as his chin holds up, this might be a good spot to play a dog. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've seen we've seen Kamaka, who is a guy who doesn't have cardio problems, but we've seen him get tired having to defend takedowns. Yeah. And, you know, he doesn't really have a big name affiliation. He, the thing that worries me about Kamaka that I noticed in spades and that his last fight out is, is the size. He's given up four and a half inches of reach for a striker, a couple inches smaller. I mean, that's tough to overcome. I, I think people overlook that sometimes because of how talented he is. 
you're like, oh, well, he'll make up the reach. He'll, he'll get in close four and a half inches. And I know TJ Brown's looking to grapple, but it's like all these guys can hit you, you know? And, and so I, I think it's dogger pass here as well, Dan. Yep. I'm right there with you. Okay. We're almost at the main card. So I know Kobe's getting those rankings right. And I see him shuffling the papers. We got a featherweight bout Gabriel Benitez versus Jonathan Pierce. Haven't seen Jonathan Pierce in a while. And the line on this is Benitez minus 190, Jonathan Pierce plus 165. Well, Jonathan Pierce in uh, his last fight. It was an upset, I think. Yeah, he, he beat Kai Kamako. That's the part. Oh, yeah. We were talking oh, about. What am I talking about? Big upset against Kai Kamako. Yeah. Um, another upset earlier, I believe. I remember, be, I, I, I remember never being impressed with him, per se. But I remember I've faded him before, and and he's uh, – oh, it was, it, it was Joe Lozon. I rode him against yep. Joe Lozon, and he dropped that one almost instantly. In Boston. Yeah, yeah. I, that's where I rode him. Because I thought Lozon obviously was looking at his last fight, and I kind of thought just age alone and wear and tear, but he, he took care of him. Yeah, so Benitez, minus 190. Uh, he's a phenomenal kickboxer, trains out of AKA. So that's a that's a weird combination that you don't often see. Um, he should be the better fighter here from distance. He also has a major experience advantage in my in my opinion. Pierce out of fight ready MMA is going to be looking to close the distance on Mowgli, uh, make this an uglier fight. He, he probably does have a size advantage, but I'm not sure how much that's going to matter. Uh, I think Benitez in what I see as a gatekeeper moment for him is going to close the gate and knock Pierce out. Uh, I think that a sprinkle on Benitez by TKO at plus 300 is a pretty good play. It's something that I don't know if it sees my card, but it'll be something I probably sprinkle just on the side. Yeah, that's good where I am. I think the one thing to, to think when you look at Mowgli or Gabriel Benitez is uh, his, his record doesn't always tell the tale, especially in the UFC, because he lost to Omar Morales. I mean, so is – 13 year or nine people prior, right? Undefeated at the time. Lost to Sadiq Youssef. Obviously, that has aged not poorly at all. Sadiq's a monster. I mean, Enrique Barzola is a top level striker. Andre Feely, a higher end level striker, other than the fact that he trains at a gym that makes him worse. Um, Andre Feely, another Hawaiian, right? I don't think so. Hard. I don't think so. He might be. I don't know. Uh, nah, Washington. But so, anyways, with that being said, I, I agree, Dan. I think a KOTKO is very possible. I think one of the big things that I look for that is Jonathan Pierce has had a tough time in his career from the little I've seen in other promotions, not so much recently. But light, light kicks get through on him. And Gabriel Benitez uses his leg reach a lot. And so I think after we looked how last week went, right, with the low leg work, I could see him taking away some of the power from Jonathan Pierce with those lower kicks and finishing the fight. In all honesty. Yeah. So I'm, I'm right there with you. So as I think it's a dog play or I mean, sorry, not a dog play. I think it's a favorite play there, but I think the sprinkle on that KOT KO Dan, not a bad idea at all. Not a bad idea at all. And then and not Kapo, to call you out. According to uh, Wikipedia, Andre Feely is an American mixed martial artist who competes in the featherweight division. Feely is of Samoan and native Hawaiian descent. Yeah, descent. He was born in Washington. Throw him on the card. No, I agree with it. <laughs> I just, I don't think he's running around being like, I'm a Hawaiian. I mean, he, he might be, 
He might have it in his blood, but I am almost – he is born in Washington. <laughs> Last fight of the night, though, on the, on the prelim card, uh, I don't know if I said this. This is Saturday, May 1st at 6 p.m. is the whole card. But interesting capper to the night to try to get you into the next card. It's uh, Random Marcos, sub 500 in her, UFC, or in her, in her, in her MMA career um, against Luana Pinero, 8-1. and one. I'm assuming the line is Panero quite heavily favored, even though Mar- Mar- uh, Marcos has that ground game. Minus 160 for Panero, uh, plus 140 for Miranda Marcos. So, it's not, yeah, it's not as big as you might have thought. Or it's not yeah, as big it's as, not as, big as, as, as I thought. thought. Yeah, I thought there was a two in front of it. Marcos, brutal 10-10-1 record. 10-11. Currently 10-11-1 record. Gets worse. Currently on a three-fight losing streak. Certainly has her back up against the wall here. A loss probably means a pink slip, but I probably would have thought that a fight or two ago. <laughs> um, not sure who, who, who she has dirt on, but it's always Dana. It's always been Dana. I've got to imagine she's going to try and wrestle her way to a gritty decision win. Uh, Pinero looked decent in her Dana White contender series first round TKO, but it didn't really show much of her. Uh, I've read that she has good. Uh, BJJ, she's a brown belt. Um, she's a Brazilian and trains in Brazil and is a brown belt. Those are bad so I'm sure that that's legit jujitsu pedigree. Um, yeah, I've got to lean Pinheiro here. But yeah. This is not something that I feel strongly about. It's not something I'm going to play. Just uh, like our, almost like our ankle lock rule of thumb, if it's dog or pass for women's MMA for the most part. I'm kind of there with this one too. I was hoping it'd be bigger when I was checking the line thing with Randa Marcos is she's got great top control and she's a very good wrestler and people are like, Oh, well sub five on the record me included. I'm like, how are you still here? I think that if you look at a, a, a woman's resume, that's not a champion. This is one of the ba- biggest names out there. I mean, she was a ex ultimate fighter alum. She fought Tisha Torres, Felice Herrig and Rose Namajunas. And ended up losing to Rose Namajunas in the in in uh, the finale. I believe it was a finale, or no, it wasn't a finale, just in the card. She fought Jessica Penne, Carolina Kolkavich, who we might never see again. Courtney Casey, Carla Sparza, ex champion, Alexa Grasso, Nina Nunez, Nina An- formerly known as Nina An- Nina Anzernoff. Angela Hill, she beat with an arm bar. Claudia Gedalia, who was a top level talent. Ashley Yoder, Amanda Hebos, Mackenzie Dern. I mean, like, for a, for a full slate of women's fighters, I mean, she has the experience with high, high, high-level mixed martial artists. And I don't know if Panero's going to have that. And that's where I'm at on that. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if it even matters. I don't know if it'll see my card. But it's something I've definitely thought into is that Marcos is maybe a parlay booster with a plus 140 or a little shit. Kai Kamaka fucked me again. I'm going to sprinkle a little bit on the dog. We'll see. This is the part of the program where I turn it over to Country Club Cubs. So hit us with the rankings, and, and then we'll we'll tee off on the main card here. No movement in the overall rankings. Still DKCKRPPR. Uh, Reese made up some ground, though, a little bit last week. Took Led the league with 5.05 points so catch oh ha what what really took me to the promised land out of curiosity i'm more for a case research study to see if i need to keep getting cute 
I know I was the only one with Anthony Smith, but I got cute and went decision. You got plus 215 on Valentina KOTKO. Okay. And you got plus 2.9 on Usman inside the distance. Love both those plays. I took that Usman inside the distance in real life. I, or I did KOTKO, but yeah. Um, okay, cool. So same ranking. So same More. order. I know you guys are, I know Dan's mouth gets dry from going, leading off so much. With that being said, let's start it off. So this is a main card. It starts at 9 p.m. on ESPN2. Eastern or Central? 9 p.m. Central. Central. So real time. Uh, with that being said, let's start it off. It's a six-fight main card as of now, so a lot of opportunity to make up fights. We have a women's flyweight fight. Kick it off the card. Poliana Batolo versus Luana Carolina. Carolina we've seen recently. And the line on this, John... I hope you guys have it open, is Poliana Botello minus 255, Luana Carolina plus 215. Yep. Uh, Take it, Dan. For me, this is one that won't see my betting card at all. But for the NCC, Poliana is a woman who likes to fight from the distance. She's got decent takedown defense versus Carolina, who's a Muay Thai fighter, likes to work in the clinch. She's coming off that brutal knee bar against Ariane Lipsky. That was a contender for our ankle pick sub of the year. Um, That's one thing that worries me about her becoming apprehensive. But these are two women who have a combined less than 20 fights. I'd be remiss if I was not going to take the dog. Give me Luana Carolina. Give me the plus 205. Let's go, women's MMA. <laughs> uh, I don't know anything about this fight. I'm just going to take the favorite. I'll take her by decision, minus 120, women's MMA. That's a good bet. Yeah, decisions are safe as can be. I love Danny's dog play, but I'm not going to tail his dog play. Almost out of principle at this point. So I'm going to get cute with it. I'm going to take Batolo, and I'm going to do it via submission, which is plus 585. Um, actually, give me Batola wins inside the distance plus 365. I'd rather have that. A lot of her retirements have been body kicks and shit. And I know Carolina's a striker, but hey, you never know. If she's trying to defend the takedown, she might get caught. So are we doing the same thing with Parker, not double points? Is Parker involved in this game? How are we doing it, Kobe? You're the commish. If Parker keeps sending his picks in on time, he'll get them. He did it last Has he been doing it? Has he been doing it? Yeah, he, he got him in last okay. Didn't make up any ground. All right. Well, good. He doesn't deserve it. He doesn't put in the, the, the dirty hours now. Moving up the card, this one. After this, we're going to have notes and discuss things. I, there's no way to get around it. These next five fights, top to bottom, are really great for an ESPN2 card. Bantamweight bout, Marab Devalishvili. Yes, Marab Devalishvili against another phenomenal wrestler, Cody uh, Stamen. And the line on this one is as big as you'd expect. It's Marab Devalishvili minus 255, Cody Stamen plus 215. Yeah, like we said, this is a wrestler's delight, super fun matchup. Um, I believe that. Cody Stamen is dropping back down to Bantamweight for this fight. He mm. was he was a ranked Bantamweight. 
lost to Aljamain Sterling. I think he took the Brian Kelleher, maybe the Song Yudong fight on short notice at uh, featherweight, and um, also the Jimmy Rivera, and now is coming back down, which is interesting. The deciding factor for me for this one is Marab's cardio. It's just on another level. There's a reason they call him the machine. I I expect to see at least five or six takedowns throughout the three rounds, and I'm going to take Marab by decision. Uh, I think it's minus 150. I mean, that's just a phenomenal bet. Um, I'm also on Marab by decision, but unless – it changed in the last 20 minutes. I hit it at minus 130. Let me double check that. I'll take a better line. I'm on Marab by decision. I'll catch up to you guys at the line here in a second. No, that's more than fine. I'm actually going to – I lost a point on set the spread because of this. I thought it was going to be closer because of the rain, uh, name recognition out of Cody uh, Stamen. So I'll just take him as, as a dog at plus 215. I think Marab – is beyond talented. Morale by decision is probably one of the better bets on this card at a minus 130 clip, if that's the case. Minus 135. 135. Like, that's one of the better bets in the card. But, you know, he did dominate Dotson. He's dominated, you know, Casey Kenny, phenomenal wrestlers before, Brad Katona, phenomenal wrestlers. But there's always that – there's always that ability to struggle against a weird – I mean, Ricky Simone – tapped him even though he was losing most of that fight another phenomenal but you i know, think ricky simone, fight, is, ricky simone is a phenomenal phenomenal wrestler like no, i favor casey kenny over stamen i would favor ricky simone over the bolt really i i think i take i'd probably take stamen over kenny i take ricky simone over both as well I, but if you look at this whole car you know what now that look, look at this i'm gonna stick with my gut but like god damn have they thrown him wrestlers brad katona Phenomenal wrestler. Casey Kenny, phenomenal wrestler. Ricky Simone, phenomenal wrestler. That's a tough slate for a guy. Oh, boys, dude, he fought our – he fought Tony Gravely in uh, Ring of Combat. Yeah, we talked Remember, about that. I know we went over that, but it just reminded me that friend of the pod. But, yeah, plus I've been rewatching the uh, season four of Tough where Matt Sarah comes and just blows everything off the wall – like out of the water. Um, that Sarah Longo gym with Marav leading the new grappling age. It's just phenomenal. Yeah, it really is. So I'm, I'm fine taking Stamen though. I mean, he's got a lot to fight for. He's a wet feathered guy and he's had, he's faced a lot of high level talent. Aljamain Sterling, phenomenal grappler, Jimmy Rivera, phenomenal grappler in his own right. So I'm, I'm down to roll the dice on him at, at a plus 215 clip. Middleweight bout. Sean Strickland, a guy who recently stole money from us in the form of beating Brennan Allen, is fighting Christoph Joko. And that line is minus 260 in favor of Sean Strickland. Jocko plus, uh, plus 220. Uh, this is – there's a couple on this card that are tough reads for me. And I think that this is the first one of them. Uh, Sean Strickland, is, as Reese mentioned – Busted up Brandon Allen. Busted up my parlayer, my play that night. Um, ankle lock. <clears throat> yeah, ankle lock. Tough night. First ankle lock out. And ever since then. Yeah, it was, it, that one was tough. Um, he's, he's a former boxer. He's got really quick hands. Uh, 
and, and Christoph Jocko is, is kind of from taping. He's one of those classic strikers that I see who, who keeps his chin high exiting those exchanges and his hands down low. Um, I just don't know if I can back Strickland's experience in the octagon. Um, what was that? I think he, he took a two year layoff before that Jack yeah, Marshman motor, motorcycle accident, but right. It's nice to see that he still looks good and performs well after such a career altering type accident. Oh, definitely. Um, the way that I'm going to play this is I'm going to go with the under two and a half rounds okay. and they're going to give me plus plus one fifty for that. Under two and a half rounds plus one fifty for that. Okay. I like that. Um, I am gonna be on favorite Strickland by KOTKO plus two fifty five. But I'm taking two Cobes. I'm there too. I like that line. I think Strickland can get the finish. I do worry about the decision, Danny. It's almost like you're kind of because of the off read. You're kind of hedging the the fact that Strickland might get finished by taking the under a little bit. I don't know. This was just the number I felt most comfortable with. I like it. No, I think it's a great bet. I just, after seeing Joku get Jocko get finished by Uriah Hall after destroying him in the first round, it it helps me know it's possible. (laughs) A 35 year old or 34 year old Uriah Hall finished him. I know it's possible, but I'm excited for that one. I think that's an underrated fight on this card. And Jocko hasn't had a finish since 2016. Yeah, that too. Light heavyweight bout. Ian Kutalaba versus Dustin Jacoby. We broke this one down a little bit on set the spread before we got cut off by our our moderator. But Ian Kutalaba minus uh, 140. Dustin Jacoby plus 120. Dan, I already know where you're at, but rehash it. I don't remember where I'm at. Unless you changed up on me. Where was I on Wednesday? You were on Dustin Jacoby. You said he's a phenomenal kickboxer and that you think Ian Kutalaba gets caught. Is where you were on 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 Sunday night at eight p.m. Yeah, so yeah, I don't think I've changed really at all. And then we um, were arguing because I said Kutalaba between two uncle those two Ankalaya fights, beating Cleo Roundtree, losing to Glover Teixeira. I was saying, oh well, you know his resume is significantly better, and you agreed, but you said that the kickboxing pedigree of, yep. of yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, I'm still, all, I'm still all the way there. Um, Kudalaba is a guy who goes out there, empties his gas tank first five minutes. He hits like an absolute truck. Yeah, uh, he's dangerous. He's not very technical. There's, there's not a lot of sophistication to his striking. Um, Jacoby hasn't lost since returning to MMA. As Reese mentioned, he's got a, a whole kickboxing career um, in his background. He's got fights over the best of the best, including Alex Pereira, a guy I think is the best striker on the planet. Um, Definitely in the conversation. The one thing is that my one hesitation is I, I recently, this morning, I, I watched the Grishin fight, and mm. he, he didn't look phenomenal in that no it really concerns me and that's why i'm not as not as concrete about my pick here um you do still get a plus clip though this line opened at even 115 each way or one one ten one fifteen one oh five. 
And now Dustin's plus 120. So it's, it's had some steam back to give you value if you want it. I'm going to go with. This is tough. Kobe, do you have your pick on deck? I do. Let's hear it. My Danny just sits there and stares at his computer screen. I'm just taking Kutalaba minus 140. Not getting too crazy with it. I like that. I do like that. I'm going to go with Dustin Jacoby. Wins by decision. Plus 370. Great pick, too. I like both those things. I can see both of them happening. Unfortunately, and yes, unfortunately, I'm uh, I'm with you, Kobe. I have Kutalaba just the minus one forty, cheap enough price for me to pay. And I, just like I was at set the spread, I, I think that resume is underrated. I mean, beating a guy like Khalil Roundtree, I can never overlook. Fighting a guy like Jared Cannonier, and then obviously Ankalaev, who no one wants to even look. I wouldn't even want to look at him weird, let alone fight the man twice. And he wanted it again. He got knocked out cold, complained about the stoppage. Like, I want that fight again. I mean, he turns out he probably didn't. He shouldn't, but whatever. Moving up the card. Oh, God. Everyone buckle in. Danny's about to go on a rant. We got the co-main event. Giga Jakatsi, phenomenal long-range kickboxer against the old, the wily old vet, the painting canvas himself, Cub Swanson. And the line here is, Giga minus 165, Cub Swanson plus 145. Yeah, this is this is really exciting. Giga, one of the most exciting strikers at featherweight. Um, he used to be the decision king, and then recently I think he had a nice highlight real head kick finish in his last outing. Nasty. It was a nasty finish too, and it was one that I remember – I don't remember exact. – I'm about to pull it up. I don't remember exactly who it is against, but I remember thinking I was – potentially going to fade him or I might have actually faded him. Um, oh, no, it was Jamie Simmons. I wouldn't have rode that. Yeah, head kick and ground and pound. Three minutes and 51 seconds, round one. It was when he was the massive dog. Or not Giga, the other guy. It was a short notice bout that he stepped up for. The other mm-hmm. one, though, was the Omar Morales fight. I rode Omar Morales, and he won that one, giving Omar Morales his first ever UFC loss, an MMA loss, period. And so that's something that should not fall on deaf ears, in my opinion. Right. And so for me, I see Cub Squanson, a guy who I have so much respect for, a guy who is so well-rounded, has been around the block, fought the who's who. And we're talking Ortega, Holloway, Edgar, talking Dustin Poirier. We're talking everyone. I do think he's one of those over-the-hill superstars. Mm -hmm. He's got, what, four losses in his last six. Um I think that the route for him to victory here is win wrestling for two rounds. And I don't think that he's going to go in there and want to do it. I think he's going to go in there and want to strike with Giga, try and prove a point, try and prove I'm still Cub. And I think he's, he's not, he's just going to get outpointed. I don't see him getting knocked out. I just see him getting outpointed. I'm going to go Giga by decision, decision King. Um, Plus 150, I believe. Yeah, I don't have the number in front of me. Plus 150. Good thing I do. Let's get it. Uh, Gigabyte decision, plus 170. Sorry, Dan. I almost shaved you 20 points. Sweet. You won't catch me betting on a Cub this week. I am also on Giga decision, plus 170. How bad is the score right now? Uh, We're chasing double digits. 
Yikes. Uh, sounds about right. It Bats was single when I logged on. Bats are dead. All right, gentlemen, let's – this is a MMA podcast. Save your Cubs talk for something else. I – my ass is in the jackpot. If anyone gets that reference, you're elite. It was a baseball, baseball reference. Yeah, you just told yeah, us yeah, to stop talking about baseball. I was about to say, that's right, why I did Barry. it. That's why I did it. TC. I have a jackpot on this one. I, I've been a long-time Cub Swanson fan, like long-time Cub Swanson fan. And he's one of the guys that I don't want to say built the UFC, but he was one of the more outspoken early UFC fighters that had like a little bit of a – not only was he phenomenal, but he just had a little bit of that swagger to him. But, I mean, he's all the way from the WEC days, which is like – we're talking – 2006 and seven and eight. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, his, his resume would be a shame to look over, but I agree, Dan at 37. Yeah. 37 years old. It's hard to just sit there and be like, Oh yeah, I'll take Cub Swanson. Even seeing him as a dog is kind of just hurts my heart a little bit, but I think it's reasonable. Unfortunately, I think, I think I'm not going to care though. I think I'm going to just say, fuck it, Ricky. I think Cub Swanson, if it gets to the mat, like Danny and I both think is possible, if he wants to get it there, if he wants to mix in wrestling, I think that man has the grip of all grips. So I'm just going to get in there and say, Cub Swanson inside the distance. And we we both made money on that right cross versus Pineda. We did. We did. We did. And he was the dog there too. Yes, sir. Plus 140 there. Yeah. So I'll take the Kobe. I'll take that Cub wins inside the distance submission, or I, I mean, I doubt he finishes him on the feet, but God, I've seen crazier things. I didn't think Whaley Zhang was going to get question mark kicked to the dome in the first round. So here we sit. So give me the plus four thirty five on that, Jean. Give me the nod when that's inked. Let's do it. Main event time, gentlemen. Light heavyweight bout. Dominic Reyes. Versus Yuri Prohaska. Recently pulled his rookie card. Throwback to news and notes. The line on this one is Yuri Prohaska minus 130. Dominic Reyes plus 110. Gentlemen, I truly want to hear your thoughts. For those who listen to us regularly, and I know there's a few of you out there, shout out. What up? We love you. We appreciate it. But you know, where Danny sits on this one because he stole, he uh, stole set the spread for me this week on this exact fight. Danny, let's hear your logic. Yep. Uh, this is this is a, a hard fight for me to read as we talked about on set the spread. Reyes just hasn't looked the same since his split decision loss to John Jones. Um, he's now on a two-fight losing streak versus a guy like Jiri who's on, I think, a double-digit win streak. Um Reyes is athletic as they come, but he reminds me of just like one of those football players that shows up in the MMA gym and they're like, wow, you're, you're athletic, you're strong, but his striking isn't sophisticated and it, it, it still hasn't been as he's progressed. He doesn't use a lot of feints. He doesn't really mix it up. Well, he doesn't, he doesn't show a lot of, of just elite mixed martial arts. Um, he's a really athletic guy and he hits really hard and he can, he's a decent boxer, but he's a pretty simple fighter. He's very predictable almost. Mm-hmm. Um, Prohaska looks super awesome against Vulcan Ozemir in his debut. 
even though he got rocked in the beginning, he's just a super unorthodox striker. He's a guy I see Dom Reyes having a lot of trouble with. Um, I want to get cuter, but I'm just going to go Jiri. Give me the minus 130. It's in that. I like that number. Yeah, I, I, I don't hate that at all. But I would not be surprised if there's a finish in there. Five rounds. Small cage. I know, and they're big guys. They're big guys. I... I'm going to bet the finish. How many fights you guys think that Yuri had in 2018? Oh, God. Three, all KOT KO. 2019, how many do you have? Three, all of them KOT KO. Okay. Bought Vulcan in 2020, KOT KO. He's on a 12 fight win streak, 11 of them KOT KO. No, he's a bad man. Don't get that twisted for a second. He's a bad man. I, I like where your head's at. That's Including a win over the current light heavyweight champion of Bellator, but he meant Nemkov. Mm hmm. I love Nemkov too. I'm a big fan of Nemkov. I'm uh, Nemkov. It was a while ago, but Nemkov's the guy that I think, if UFC picks him up, he could very well wear gold here as well. Including a knockout over Darko Stosic. Yeah, that was a little less impressive. He doesn't move his head at all. He's just a. a This was back in 2014. The guy just moves forward. He has literally no head movement. It's but yeah, I agree. Still a notable name. I think there's almost no way this isn't a finish a little shocked by Danny's play but John Jones couldn't finish him very good point John Jones also though like loves to get to the scorecards he's seems to always do that I I'm a little I like Prohaska I really really do I really 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 do but I think I was shocked when I found out that Reyes wasn't the favorite. I gave Danny the – I was I, – I mean, not shocked. It was close, but I gave Danny the, the 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 ability. I chose 110 each way. I didn't want to take this one. Danny surprised me by taking Prasca to, to win or to be the favorite, and he was right. I think I'm going to take this fight to um, – this fight doesn't go to decision, but it's minus 375, so I'm going to pick a fighter, and I'm going to do Dom Reyes. So I'm going to do Dominic Reyes wins by KOTKO plus 215. Ah, it's not even good value. Give me the give me the 110 on Dominic Reyes. Give me the 110 on Dominic Reyes. If Danny's right, I don't want to eat shit. I'll take Who Dominic. Who's the Reyes. last light heavyweight that Dominic Reyes knocked out? Oh, God. I don't know. I've seen him rock fuckers, though. Because his last knockout is versus Chris Weidman, not a light heavyweight. The one before, Jared Cannon. Jared Cannon is a great finish, though. That guy's but not a light heavyweight. I agree. Jeremy Kimball's like a heavyweight. But Mans was minus 500 in that fight. Congrats on the minus 500 finish and the minus 325. Whatever, dude. Whatever. I see what you're, you're, I see where you're at on it. But also, also if you're Kobe, if you're Kobe, you're not sitting pretty if it's if it enters the fourth round. I don't think so. I think it's if it enters the fourth round, I think it's Dom Reyes' fight to lose. 
thoughts on that sentiment? I don't know. I, I could see I could see Jerry just piecing him apart for for I will, it, at least I would, three rounds. I would say that if he pieces him apart, gets the championship waters, looks good, and can stay with energy, I think you're looking at a very serious contender. A very serious contender. I just worry about it all the It does baggage. mean a lot that you're getting a guy off of one UFC fight, one victory. Yeah. He's, he's getting a guy off of – It does, but that's what also – Back-to-back title chances. But that's what also worries me because you got those championship rounds as factors. You got that experience as factors. Like, I don't know if he's been in waters that Reyes might take it. Especially having he's a finisher. He doesn't need to be. He's a finisher. I know. So many of them being in the first round, too. So I think that's it for set the spread. Parker's going to phone his picks in later in the week. We're recording this on Wednesday. Kobe, usual time. It'll be out Friday morning. No, it'll be out Thursday morning. Perfect. You get you guys a day early, a little surprise, a little episode, get your picks in a little yeah, bit early. Plan on them going forward. These are our days now. All right, buddies. I love it. We got Wednesday records. Thursday, they'll be out. You'll get a little more time to get your picks in. Continue to like, rate, and subscribe on wherever you get your podcasts for multiple reasons. One means a lot to us and two we've got a ton coming in after that tony gravely interview thank you again tony and so it's nice to see all the positive feedback and the ratings and it really helps us out follow us over on twitter at ankle pick pod to get enough of these boys just cracking shit and making horrible jokes you get it all there i know my off-color joke on the lightning juice was there which is always a funny time anything else to add gentlemen oh ah. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.